this is Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk Film Society and founder of Talk Film Society and your host for the Talk Film Society Festival 2020. Here to introduce you to day six of the festival. If you haven't uh, caught up, if uh, you're interested to see what else uh, has played uh, in terms of episodes and guests and uh, what we've discussed so far, if you want to up, if you want updates on that, go to our site talkfilmsociety.com/tfsfest for those links uh, to past episodes. But uh, for this episode, for this day, we have uh, Diego Crispo. A uh, great friend of the site, friend of mine, I can say. Hopefully, uh, we've we've co-hosted some podcasts together. Uh, Bayham, that was amazing. Check that out in the back catalog of Talk from Society Podcast Network. Uh, and coming up, we have a Star Trek podcast. Uh, both of those of which we co-hosted with Mike Schindler, who I believe you'll hear tomorrow in the next episode with his pick for this festival. Uh, but yes, Diego's great. And he picked alien resurrection as his movie, uh, for this festival under the return, sorry, under the theme of returns. So yes, uh, stay tuned after this intro to hear that conversation. Cause that's what you're in for. Um, before I toss it to me and Diego, let me talk to you about the Patreon, patreon.com slash talk film society. Go there. We have a program of work, um, a written work by our uh, uh, contributors, our writers, our podcast hosts. Diego wrote something on Alien Resurrection. So uh, go to our Patreon to access that for five bucks. At the $5 level, you'll get the the program. You'll get uh, podcast episodes. You get some bonuses. And uh, you don't have to throw in five bucks if you if, if you can't if you're not able you can throw in a dollar still get some access there's the discord that uh, you have access to there the talk film society discord uh, chat server uh, but yeah check out the patreon patreon.com slash talk film society and of course twitter at talk film soc for any updates and yeah talk film slash TFS Fest for links to the episodes that have dropped so far and any future episodes. I, I'm, I'm updating that as it goes. That's it. Um, that's all. Uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I had a good time uh, talking to Diego about uh, Alien Resurrection. Uh, you'll, you'll hear, I mean, I'll get into it about my hesitation about doing this, but it ended up being great. So, uh, that's it. Hope you enjoy. Uh, so here is me and Diego talking Alien Resurrection for the Talk Film Society Festival. Diego, welcome to the Talk Film Society Fest. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It, it's great to be back after all these years. <laughs> five years. Five years. Um, so just to kind of reiterate what this is for those who maybe are just jumping in, uh, it's been five years since the last talk from society fest where I brought people together, uh, to discuss, uh, well, they each picked a movie and we discussed them for this fest. And I wanted to just 
uh, you know, lined up these movies that were picked by various people, just showing off varying film tastes. <laughs> and that year, in 2015, Diego, you picked a thief uh, under the theme of firsts. Uh, cut to 2020, where the theme is returns. Um, so, Diego, um, your pick this time around, what movie did you pick under the theme of returns? I picked Alien Resurrection. <laughs> now, the first question I have for you, I have it written down. Let me open up my book and just read it. Uh, first question is, why? <laughs> oh, and also, I should, I, should, I should say, this will be more of a intro to the movie. Uh, I'm hoping, maybe, I, yeah, I'm imagining or maybe even hoping that somebody is jumping into this for the first time, Alien Resurrection, and this is our... <laughs> We're, we're just introducing the movie without giving too many spoilers. And then um, the next segment, we'll do a post-movie uh, talk analysis of this. So without giving too much away, Diego, why pick Alien Resurrection? Well, it's funny that, you know, my first pick for Thief was like a, a director's first because this one kind of a franchise last. And I, you know, coming off of Alien 3, which, you know, we, we've had many discussions about personally just because we're very fond of that film but it was a very divisive theatrical release because it was clearly like butchered by a studio compelling cinematography acting ideas aside like it you know our takes aside it was not well received generally and so the studio kind of has to come up with another way to um make sigourney weaver happy make another alien movie profitable because these movies are doing bang up like blockbuster money for horror franchises which is not like still not that common of a thing nowadays um i guess unless you're like it or whatever but i i have had mixed feelings about this film for a long time i i don't think they're too mixed anymore is what i'll (laughs) i'll say Uh, i i think having to revive a character and a franchise in the shortest time span between sequels in the franchise's history, like to date still even, and to come up with something this bizarre, uh, I have to commend it. And I, we could talk about why after, but I, I have to commend it just up front. Um, now, when you picked this, when you said you wanted to talk about this movie, first off I go, perfect Diego choice. Uh, <laughs> Alien Resurrection um, and I was worried I'm like well I'm going to have to rewatch it because it's been a few years since I've seen this um, and last time I watched this last time I checked it was not a good movie in my book okay and here's the twist but having rewatched it today for this very recording I like this movie a lot now <laughs> Um, yes, I am super surprised that I'm saying that on mic. It, and maybe it's because oh, okay, I'll, uh, I'll get more into this in the post movie discussion. But yeah, like I, uh, I did a double feature of this and Gone Girl, and both of those movies, but both, wow. <laughs> both Alien Resurrection and Gone Girl are two R-rated 20th Century Fox movies that are of a bygone era now because Fox as it stands is not what it used to be um, unfortunately and my body at this point is just craving more 
weird shit than the regular shit I'm used to, like like studio uh, released stuff. So this is like wow. Like I first off, I can't, I still can't comprehend how this is even a movie and how this is even a movie in a huge franchise. And that those are a few reasons why I'm like, yeah, this may actually be good. And yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from, Diego. Um, <laughs> t- tell me about like your history with this. How? Because you were saying you originally were not like a huge fan of this. What what kind of changed your mind over the years? Um, I think I've always been a fan of how bizarre it is because, like, I you know the, the term like guilty pleasure and all that ridiculous jazz, right? Like, there are, I think undoubtedly fun moments whether or not you like or dislike this movie like the underwater sequence i think everyone is just like oh no seeing the aliens move like that was like groundbreaking right like that's just a cool set piece sequence um and i think i was always kind of drawn to that but as i've gotten more into like the alien uh like themes of the franchise about like autonomy and like corporatization and uh uh, this movie does something with the Space Marines that is not, like, a, I've been begging for, and it was in front of me all this time. It makes them the villains yeah. of the film. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's just, it, it's a really great, like, remix of the franchise, where it's got, like, some working class stuff with, like, the the, the pirates, and then, like, the prisoners with, like, the, their cargo, quote-unquote. And I think it's just grown on me because the writing and directing are are individually I think very compelling. I don't know how well they mesh. I'm going to admit that. But I like that the film goes places that are just quite frankly that like insane. This is an insane person film. <laughs> this movie was made by a group of crazy people and I I think it's also saying a lot about like having empathy for like uh like it's almost kind of like a meta-textual like reevaluation of the franchise itself. It's like, all right, we brought it back to life. What does it mean now? <laughs> like, what, what's what's its identity? And the like, film's kind of discovering that for itself. But it's also like Ripley Eight, the eight, eighth clone that that's been like reborn in in the film. Uh, that's not a spoiler because that is the setup of the yeah. opening minutes of the film. But um having her realize like okay like i was someone at one point but i am not that person like i'm i'm something else and i don't know what that is yet and uh it's there's a lot going on here that i don't think people really talk about when they dismiss it as a bad film and you don't even have to like it i just want people to like have some nuance when discussing its shortcomings i guess yeah so let's i guess remind people listening maybe if they just haven't rewatched the alien franchise as a whole recently, you know, they, they need a refresher on this. So this is the fourth entry in the alien franchise. And yeah, like you were mentioning uh, earlier, it is, it is kind of like a capper to this, this first run of alien movies. Cause after this, there's what, like alien versus predator. There's uh, the, the sequel. Then you have the Ridley Scott Prometheus movies. Um, talk about Diego those those first three before Resurrection. Like your thoughts on those leading up to to, to Resurrection. I think each of them, in their own way, is like a little perfect five star film. Uh, I, I think they all set out 
Like they, they accomplished everything they set out to do, which is like a, a fucking miracle for any movie, but especially for Alien 3. Um, and there's like this great working class conflict with each of those films. Like the first one is like the space truckers, right? They they run into a space slasher movie. And so it's it's showing like this this idea of like uh, corporations basically being like just as deadly as like the the horrors of the unknown in space. And then the second film is like, oh yeah, the military is just fodder. Like grunts are just fodder for like corporate businessmen. Like get it? It's about Vietnam. And it's like, oh yeah, that is what Vietnam was about. <laughs> it was bad. And then Alien 3 is like, yeah, we don't give a shit about the AIDS crisis. And that's why they all have shaved heads. But also we don't take care of like... Um, prisoners in society they're not used to like really rehabilitate they're just kind of like tossed aside you know yeah like and that's like groundbreaking for for any film let alone like one of the mainstay horror franchises in hollywood and uh let's talk more about alien 3 uh, because hey we, uh, we are mutual fans of that movie i love that movie um but it's important to note that yeah and again it's it leads into Resurrection because not only is is Resurrection just a direct sequel to Alien Three, but Alien Three was not successful um, like critically. I think financially it, it wasn't right. So um, I think it did like okay. Yeah, but it did yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, they wanted to revive this franchise with Weaver, uh, Sigourney Weaver. But yeah, just Alien Three. Um, it's it's well known that it's it was it was a bomb, but its reputation. Talk about that. Its reputation through like through the through the years and also the assembly cut. I think it's commonly known as like oh yeah, there's only two good Alien films, and I think that's obviously just wrong. But uh, I, I think that also cuts off a lot of people from checking it out of their own like volition. And I know you're a fan of the theatrical cut. I am not. I don't yeah. think it's like the worst thing ever. But I, I would just recommend people watch the assembly cut because otherwise, if they watch the theatrical cut, I think most people would have the general reaction of, oh, no, I didn't like that. <laughs> Whereas assembly cut is like, oh, this is like the complete film and this is what it's trying to say. And I can at least appreciate that. Um, and I, I think it's got such a fascinating evolution because especially online, it's got a real big cult following. And I think even Quentin Tarantino has said he's a fan of Alien 3. Like, I don't know what version. I'd, I'd love to sit down and talk to him about that. But I, I know he, he's gone to bat for it, like, on some podcast where people were like, oh, yeah, just the first two aliens. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I, I could go to bat for Alien 3. Like, yada, yada, yada. Right? I, can, I can definitely see that. Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right? Like, of yeah. course. Um, and it's just, I think it's such a beautiful, like, example of what, internet culture can do for better when it comes to like pop culture and like artifacts of like different filmmaking periods because an alien three would never get made today right no like the, the production problems we're seeing a lot more of um but the film that's released is not going to be the same like and i think that also kind of heads into the resurrection because resurrection would just never be made today yeah. like this like it, it's from from a french filmmaker from an up-and-coming TV writer um, who maybe has weird opinions about women. But that's a whole other podcast topic conversation. <laughs> but like the, the specifically the French filmmaker, I think Winona Ryder uh, kind of like, I don't know, officially brought him on board or at least put him in 
Fox's crosshairs, uh, Jean-Pierre Genet, who is uh, I- I'm a huge fan of. He's done Amelie, I think, is his most popular work. Yes, and uh, he's he's a crazy person, but like in a fun way, you know. So um, it's just it's insane to me that he got an alien film because it's like everything he does in the movie, like nothing is ever like static. You know, <laughs> every like camera move is like so precise and like whimsical and like goofy. You know, it's very goofy at times. It's a it's a weird tonal thing going on in this movie that I don't think always works. But I like that it exists because a movie like this will never be made in today's Hollywood system. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a reason why I wanted to bring up Alien Three in particular because. I see that movie, and for me, yeah, either theatrical or assembly, like, nowadays, if somebody had those quote-unquote production problems, if the studio didn't like what the director was doing, you know, they they kick him out and bring in somebody else. Um, I, presumably, I think that's what would happen if a Fox movie were, were made today, especially with Disney uh, being the owners. But regardless of that, the fact that they said, oh... That didn't work out. Let's give it to this other, like, uniquely uh, – another unique director who has his own voice that will – again, this point I'm going to make over and over, I – this will not – this movie is of a time where – a director like this just had more freedom and just put more wild, crazy shit in this movie that I just – did not expect or just forgot about honestly because it is like you're saying it's visually the word is french <laughs> like these close-ups oh yeah these like these camera moves i'm like wow uh this is not your average movie and this is not your average blockbuster and it's it's fox again in, uh, in 1997 going let's 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 try something new let's 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 go not you know let's not give this back to like ridley scott let's not go you know the the quote-unquote safer out let's go with this french guy <laughs> <laughs> and to their credit or, or you know what? No, to 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 John Pierre Genet's credit, it's like, oh my God, you hear that? He's gonna do an alien film. What's that even gonna be like? He's he's done like Delicatessen, City of Lost Children, which have very scary moments, but they're not like straight up horror movies, right? They're they're very much like fantasy. So what's that gonna look like? And it's like, oh, he does the same thing, but like not in a boring way. It's just like, oh, it's literally like it's him. I think that's the beauty of the original Alien uh, quadrilogy, and uh, uh, I'd say for for Prometheus. And, and Covenant as well. Like, they're very much products of the filmmakers. Like, you can feel their DNA. Like, the xenomorph taking over whatever uh, humanoid host it can, right? Yeah. And it, like, adapts to their environment. Like, I think the Alien franchise up to this point has really flourished in that same regard. It's like, what, filmmakers coming aboard? Okay, that, yep, Aliens are Ridley Scott movie. Aliens is definitely a James Cameron movie. David Fincher's disowned Alien 3? Doesn't matter. It's definitely a David Fincher movie when you watch it, right? Like, it's unmistakable. And Alien Resurrection is no different when it comes to to Jean-Pierre Genet. Yeah. Uh, And you mentioned uh, Jean-Pierre Genet also did Amelie. And he did Amelie right after doing this when well, i after it's the film he did after this but four years later so uh, uh, it's a fact i forgot actually until i looked it up today i go what i i knew he did amelie but i just didn't know it was like after alien resurrection <laughs> I go, what? he makes a classic after making alien resurrection 
Oh my gosh, but it makes I don't know. Uh, now I need to rewatch Amelie. Um, and that's a sentence I did not expect to say. You know, in 2020, after watching Alien Resurrection, I need to watch Amelie. <laughs> Yeah, everyone should watch, like, every one of his movies, except maybe the, the recent one he did in, like, 2013. But that's yeah. a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, so, well, uh, let's let's kind of break down the plot. Because you did mention um, Sigourney Weaver is back. Uh, sort of give us, like, a non-spoilery uh, plot introduction to this, Diego. 200 years after the events of Alien 3... A group of scientists and uh, United Space Marines are working on cloning the alien species, but to do so, the only DNA they have is of Ellen Ripley uh, before she died when she had the queen impregnated in her. So they have to clone Ripley to clone the queen, and eventually they succeed uh, after a couple trials, which are, I think, shown uh, very gorgeously in horrifying fashion in the theatrical <laughs> introduction uh, and a group of space pirates deliver some cargo to the to, to the outpost outside of regulated space so they can continue testing on um, their weird xenomorph hybrid stuff and things go wrong naturally <laughs> uh, oh yeah that's something I, I forgot to uh, bring up earlier in this discussion, also to you, Diego, because like there, uh, as part of the Alien Quadrilogy uh, Blu-ray box sets, um, the special edition of this is on there. Uh, but uh, and so here's the tricky part about this, and maybe you can talk about more. Uh, you, you can uh, talk about this, Diego. Um, uh, as far as I know, the director did not have involvement in the special edition of Alien Resurrection, um, in fact, uh, the, the ones that are on the discs here, um, which is a shame. And also, of course, Fincher didn't have a part in, you know, Alien 3, uh, that assembly cut because he disowned that. But it, I don't know, it's weird to me that they made they made the special edition without uh, the director's um, consent, uh, Jean-Pierre Genou. Um, what cuts did you end up seeing uh, recently, Diego? And do you have a preference between either the theatrical and special edition? I I've actually watched both of them just to make sure. I was like, <laughs> yeah. did I did I like it as much as I did last time? Let me check. And then I kind of went back and forth for like a week. Uh, I guess that's embarrassing, but whatever. And so like, um, the I like I prefer the theatrical cut. And okay. I think um, he has spoken about like why he didn't go do the uh, the extended cut and it's because he's happy with the theatrical cut he's still like oh, proud okay. of it yep. and he's like yeah I didn't have anything we cut stuff because it was like slowing the movie down or whatever <laughs> and so the stuff they put back in um, like which version did you watch do you, do you know well for this for this I watched the theatrical cut okay okay yeah I, I think it's a lot slimmer it's not like even that much longer but there's like this weird opening where it's like it's just trying to be way too quirky and cute where it looks like there's teeth right on the extended cut there's like these teeth opening up and mm. then it's like hissing and growling and then it's like oh it's a fly and then it's on like some soldier's helmet uh. and then the soldier squishes it and they spit it at the screen and it's like oh it's I thought that was that was a Jean-Pierre Genet edition uh -huh. I finally sat down to read the script and I was like oh it's, of course it's fucking Joss Whedon wrote that <laughs> like he, he thinks he's so fucking cute sometimes <laughs> I swear to god oh, yeah. but like we yeah. <laughs> we we didn't mention I don't think by name we we alluded to Josh Whedon um, he he wrote the scripts which 
I, again, sitting down to rewatch this, I totally forgot about, and we'll get into more of that in the post-movie discussion. Um, But yeah, but, well, okay, so, uh, uh, I forgot if you mentioned this already, but um, is there a preference, like, if somebody had the discs and they had to choose between the theatrical and special edition, would you point them towards the theatrical? Yeah, I I probably would, because the, the extended one... Like it, it really just kind of adds like some extra fat to the movie. Like you don't need it, and there's like a couple scenes that are kind of rearranged slightly. You know, like it's kind of like the the Alien uh, director's cut, where it's like you don't oh, yeah. you don't really need that, right? It's just kind of like further reading, but it that one doesn't really muck up the pacing too much. I'd say this one's kind of like more like James Cameron's Aliens director's cut, where it's like, yeah, you don't. I wouldn't recommend that unless you're like a, a James Cameron acolyte or something. <laughs> no. Fair, fair. But um, I, I will point out that the box set, the Alien Quadrogi box set, um, that is one of my favorite releases ever uh, on, on any medium, really. Because, and, and I think they made the special, special edition just to have all the movies have like alternate cuts because on, on, yeah. on that box that they had the alternate cut of Alien, Aliens, then they had a similar cut of Alien 3 and they're like, oh, we might as well do special edition of uh, Resurrection. Why not? Um, but that box set is spectacular for anybody oh, who's yeah. like thinking about buying it. I would rec- totally recommend it. Um, has some great stuff in it. And, and pick up the, oh, the, yeah, totally. the Blu-ray. I think the Blu-ray adds more stuff including more David Fincher stuff, which is a delight to see him frustrated on set. <laughs> uh, delightful because Fincher is just so delightful when being an asshole. <laughs> so. yeah. He's got great quotes like, I hope someone goes to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so before we toss it to the movie, anything else you want to say to set this up, Diego? Um, I think so many people, myself included, for a long time were very off put because American movies just aren't made this way and not in the way that David Fincher does. David Fincher is definitely like an American filmmaker, you know, like his, his biggest influences are, are from America. And that, that is of course not to discredit him or anything. I love David Fincher's movies, but like Jean-Pierre Genet, um, is f- just fucking French. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, he's French and he's out of his goddamn mind. And, um, you're either on board with the approach to his filmmaking or you're not. And I, that's totally fine if you're not, but I want people to try and adjust like their viewing expectations, not in terms of plot or anything like that. I'm just talking about the presentation because if you can get on board with it, I think you're going to fall in line with Marcelo and I. Yes. Yes. Um, that's perfect intro. So for those who are watching for the first time, for those rewatching it, please enjoy Alien Resurrection. And we're back. What a movie. Holy crap. Um, so, where do we even begin? <laughs> let, here, let me, let, let, let me begin with this. The first note I wrote down, because I wrote notes for this. First note I wrote down, and I watched the theatrical cut... Uh, again, just to just to make that clear, I wrote down disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie, it's, it's a gross movie. It's a gross, and from frame one, from the end, from the from the credits all the way through the end, this is a disgusting movie. <laughs> um, but again, 
if you ask me, not in a, not in a bad way. It's it's it, oh god, Diego, jump in. I don't even know where to where to start. What do we even say um, about Alien Resurrection? It is the most beautiful trash <laughs> I have ever seen. Like, this is the same director of photography as Uncut Gems. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, once you've done those two movies, you can just retire. Like, there's nothing else you have left to accomplish. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, I'm glad um, you brought that up because it's... They're both visually striking, unsettling films. That's a hell of a double feature. Uh, mm-hmm. Resurrection and Uncut Gems. Um, okay, this cast is top notch from bottom to top. Ooh, uh, start with Sigourney it's Weaver. So good, <laughs> S- Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. It's, I mean, I want to call her Ripley Eight because she's the eighth one, but she's just Ripley, right? Just different Ripley. Yeah, it's Ripley, but not the first Ripley. It's just it's just, it's her. She's her own person by the end. Yeah, um, I think she, she's starting to discover who she is. Can we talk about how great Sigourney Weaver is in this? Um, uh, first off, just coming back to this and having that co-producer credit and just saying, listen, if we do this, I want more. I want to say, I, I want to play, you know, a part in this and the making of it. I want to um, have control of this character. And oh, I think it works. It's super weird. I can see people not not liking this like in terms of her character and how they deal with it but it's good i think it's super weird but it's good yeah i mean like it's it's sci-fi horror why don't you want science fiction to get weird like this right yeah exactly she was nominated for a saturn award for this movie this movie was nominated for six Saturn Awards. <laughs> so no one can come at me and say like, oh, yeah, this movie was critically lambasted upon release. I'll, I'll give you divisive. But I think those Saturn Awards, they got their head on straight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, if you ask me, I haven't checked if it got any other awards in terms of like Oscars or anything. But it, it should have got at least like special effects. Because, okay, you know what? The thing I love about the first um, four Alien movies, um, and also this kind of plays into how they're also Fox movies. 90s Fox movies have that particular, I don't even know, I don't even know what, to, what to call it, like a film grain, like a rough feel. And especially when you have a movie like this that I was glad to see practical effects with some digital effects. Uh, again, going back to the look of this, it, it pulls off that sort of yellow, disgusting look, but also just, it is just sci-fi weirdness, sci-fi horror weirdness. And Sigourney Weaver's character, Ripley, she just fits right in. She's like, listen, mm-hmm. I was dead. I'm back. Get used to it. <laughs> well, it's just a gross movie. It, it, like, it's a gross looking movie, but like, it's never off-putting to me anymore. Like, I, I like how like, tactile it all feels like you can feel like the the, the sweat on their everyone's foreheads and like how like like it's so damp and like stuffy in these the ship it looks like like i don't know i i like that you know it's it's um it brings the scrappiness or it keeps the scrappiness from the alien franchise uh and i i guess i would say that because there's been a lot of like I would say silly debate about like whether or not the Alien sequels have actually been in line with the original Ridley Scott Alien films. 
And I would say Alien Resurrection is probably, like, a better sequel to Aliens, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's an action movie. It's it's not that scary. Like, that's okay. For, I'm not, like, one of those fucking pretentious-ass horror fans. It's like, <laughs> well, it's more like a psychological... Like, whatever. It's a horror movie. Just call it a horror movie. It's a big umbrella. Um, but I, I would say that it's not, like... There's no moment where I'm like, oh, that got me, you know, until like the end with like the the baby. This is gross. Like that, that is like unsettling gross. Um, yeah, that baby is is horrifying a lot. Not like a boo scary level, but just like it, it makes my skin crawl. Um, the fact that it's again, it's it's mostly a practical effect. I think one or two shots of it were like digital, but. <laughs> Well, they had to digitally remove the penis. Oh, did they? I had no idea. Yeah. Okay, so it... Yeah, tell me about this. It had both male and female genitalia. And then they were, like, looking at it, and they're... they're, I guess the producers were like, all right, this this might be a little much. That's that's the line. They're like, you know what, guys? You can have a a xenomorph burst through a guy's stomach slash head, but you can't have this penis on this baby alien. Uh, Jesus Christ. Well, the penis would have been nestled in between the vagina, not like not oh. not simulating sex, just like you know, like hanging right on top of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So yeah, there there's like statues on like the Fox lot, I think, of that version of of the the newborn. Oh God! Which is just like, how do you explain that to someone? <laughs> I hope those are still up. I hope Disney didn't take them down. I hope they're still there. Oh, I know, I know. I want to put them like. Everywhere, just to remind everyone that this happened. <laughs> I don't want any Confederate statues. I just want alien resurrection statues of this oh, horrifying yeah. alien baby. I will Photoshop that after this conversation. <laughs> Do it, please. <laughs> uh, okay, Winona Ryder. I love her. Um, I think she's perfect in this. Um, especially when, oh God, see, a big reason why I think this movie works is those scenes when um, she's revealed to be uh, an uh, an android, right? And Mm -hmm. it's that scene in the chapel when her and Ripley sit down and they're essentially just pondering existence. (laughs) And it's a half alien, half human speaking with like an android who are both like out of their element. Like they're, they're two weirdos just on a spaceship creating an earth. And I'm like, wow. This is something I never seen in a movie, and it's and it, it is because of, of a, a Weaver and Writer their performances that I just I just buy it, and you don't normally see that in sci-fi horror movies where these two characters are just so like well acted and just so fully realized. So I'm a huge fan of Winona Writer in this Diego. Like, uh, what about you? Oh, I'm I'm a huge fan. I think you know. Please say what you will about Joss Whedon because, you know, yeah. But, like, I think one of the reasons he got so popular um, is that he he's – in his writing, he finds a way to really marry the plot elements with the themes and have the characters drive them. Like, it's very rare in, – in my opinion. I know other people feel differently. But in my opinion, it's very rare to watch something he wrote and directed or, or had a hand in and be like, why, why was that in there? Like – Everything kind of flourishes together, and I think um, 
that's part of the reason why I love this movie now so much too, because Winona Ryder just like kills this dialogue like so beautifully, and her and Sigourney Weaver, yeah, they're they're talking about like autonomy, which is like the the principal theme of the Alien franchise. Like, how do you like maintain your own identity in a world that you know corporations are like grinding through that so like efficiently to the point of like basically human extinction like yeah. that is the ultimate threat of the franchise right like that that they're gonna keep being like no no no, this is okay we can as long as we're making money from it that, that that's okay and um i i find their their relationship very moving in in this film actually and uh i i i like that Tuco from Breaking Bad just like geeks yes. out when he finds out that Winona Ryder is a robot designed by robots. <laughs> like, I guess that's a cool thing in the future. And like, I guess that that kind of is. It's not something we really talk about with science fiction, like often. But I, that sounds cool to me. And um, I, I there's I there's an idea here. I think about like abortion. I think this is a pro-choice movie, not just because the birth that does happen in the film is like this this disgusting event that scars everyone who watches it. <laughs> but like, you know, there's this moment with Winona Ryder where she's like, I can't I burned out my like my modems. I can't like um I don't fit in with like the other like uh androids and like robots like around Earth and stuff like that. And I I think that's supposed to be like a, a an abortion thing. But I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe that's a stretch. Maybe that's the one stretch I'm going over this movie because this is tossing out like a lot of other very like uh, uh, taboo topics. I guess I'll say yeah and for for mainstream films. I, I think you're onto something. For me, I def I definitely got like a the themes they're attacking is of just <laughs> sort of like an if I were to pull it back to its extreme, like an. Like an anti-god sort of perspective, like why was I born? Why am I here? And I got that sense during that that sequence when uh, Ripley uh, eight finds the first seven and just sees these horrific, uh, not monsters. They're just they're just they weren't they were uh, they weren't supposed to be born and they're just in pain and they're like oh god this is this is horrific like why is this in this movie <laughs> and oh yeah, it just like, it just completely just 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 I don't know just unlocks something in my brain it's like I'm not supposed to be thinking this heavily about alien sequels <laughs> yeah right like it has this reputation for being trash but then like in in you know it is kind of filmed like like beautiful trash like I think I called it a little earlier and I, I'd stand by that but there's so much more going on here it's like oh yeah I guess like is there like a god um like the opening line to like Ripley's own psyche talking to herself about like oh you know my mom said that there like no monsters only in our dreams and she was wrong and it's like well, that's kind of like that's a, like a weird thing to, to open up your movie with <laughs> um, among the many other weird things that this movie continues with. Uh, so and then it's also things. like, Oh yeah. Like uh, I, I guess earth is, is a shithole, but I mean, that is a relatable thing. You know, just yes. that, 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 that quote from uh, Ron Perlman just, just gets me. Also, there's the incredibly funky basketball sequence, which I will admit, even for me, that's a little goofy, but I yeah. like that it exists. Uh, I mean, there's no reason why she should be playing basketball, of, of all things, um, but I don't know. It, it's, it is goofy, but I think it, I don't know, it works for me. And just seeing Weaver dunk that 
basket, like uh, w- w- with her, you know, not not looking at the basket. That's pretty cool. And apparently that was yeah, that was all her. So. I, yeah. yeah, amazing. Uh, look yeah. up the Ron Perlman story on that because he 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 geeks out about it still, which I think is great. Oh, yeah, I love seeing him in this. Just going through that cast, Dan, uh, I can't pronounce his name. Hidea, Hidea, yeah. Yep. Yep. Dan Hidea. I love him in this. His death in particular freaked me the fuck out. Having rewatched it. Um, almost every okay. If if one thing somebody if one thing anybody can grasp onto this movie is that the amount of deaths and just how they're how they're choreographed and filmed and and oh, it, it, there's some jarring stuff in here. Diego is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> his death in particular of him getting an alien tongue through the back of his head and him picking. A part of his brain out and looking at it that's some Hannibal shit right there that is, is insane I think I think for me that's a little like on the basketball lane throwing no, like why is that on. in here no but... I love that <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little much. No. Originally, he was going to get the newborn death. I don't know how much time I have to go into this, but like, oh, I'll, please, I'll, I'll please just try do. to go, go quick. Yeah, go. Um, and the original script, the finale does take place on Earth. So the newborn confrontation on the ship, that's, you know, it's the traditional alien thing, shoot it out of the airlock. Um, that was going to be his death in that scene of the movie instead. Instead uh. of getting the alien in the back of the head, the, the ship would have been falling apart in that section and he gets sucked out like that. And then the newborn would have – the showdown would have been on Earth where they're like, oh, we're safe. And then they find like this village of people that they crash landed into and they're like, what the fuck? And then the alien kills Tuco from Breaking Bad there and then it becomes like this chase sequence and they have to kill it. And then they take a moment of reprieve and then decide where they're going to go next and then you get the – you know, the, I think it's a great line. Where Sigourney Weaver gets to say, like, I don't know, I'm a stranger here myself. Like, to me, that's, like, a perfect ending for that character. I I would be okay with never seeing Sigourney Weaver as Ripley again, but it might just be me at this point. uh, One thing uh, I'll say, and you just watched both versions, so correct me if I'm wrong, but in the special edition, don't they... Don't they arrive at Earth, or is that just a, a, a deleted scene that I saw on, on the disc? I don't remember. Uh, they, they they do arrive on Earth, and then it's the same exchange that uh, Ripley and Call have on the ship, but now it's on Earth, and then they, they tilt up to reveal that it's in Paris, and Paris is like the Eiffel Tower oh, is like half right. torn down and all that stuff. Yeah, It's a cool image, and, and that that's where the ending of the film is going to take place, but Sigourney Weaver has such a strong stance against setting an alien film on Earth, I think. Yeah. That they kind of, like, rearranged that. Which is too bad, because I guess Joss Whedon also has this, like, killer, unlike scene script uh, uh, for Alien 5 set on Earth. Oh, That, wow. I guess, just doesn't, like, has never made it out. Or maybe it's not finished, you know? Maybe this is his treatment, but it exists in some capacity. I would love to track that down someday. Yeah. Going back to your point about how this, in the theatrical cut, um, that line where she says, I'm a stranger here too. I think that's perfect. And she doesn't touch down on earth. She doesn't uh, set her foot on earth on screen ever again. I love that sense of like, after aliens, could, could, oh my, r- remind me, Diego, is she on earth uh, on in, in, in aliens? Like maybe for a few scenes, like, uh, no, 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 she's, she's only she's in not. the space station. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. So she, in the entire 
franchise, uh, her character Ripley is not on Earth at all, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that <laughs> it's a hell of a thing to have the fourth movie um, and essentially, yeah, the end of her character just get this, get this close to Earth and not touch on it. And, and I'm like, that's fine. I like that. That's to mm-hmm. me, that is Ripley. Like she's she's just this close to, to setting her foot on Earth, but and for this, for these four movies, she's just, you know, she's just in space yeah. dealing, dealing with this bullshit. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's all you need for her character. I, I'm pro setting an alien movie on Earth. You cannot do it with Sigourney Weaver because she just doesn't want to. But, like, <laughs> I, I think down the line, if you do, like, alien, a new alien trilogy with a new set of characters or whatever, right? Like, you could do one of those on Earth. I just, I, I just... I think this is such a good ending for that character. Like, we don't need to see her on Earth. She she's home now. You know, she's got to make her own place now. Yeah, like, that's it. That's all we need. Uh, I mean, you say they're not going to make an alien movie on Earth, but <laughs> I from, know, I from know. my understanding, and I have not seen these movies, Diego, not yet. Anyway, doesn't Alien versus Predator and Alien versus Predator Requiem aren't they on Earth? <laughs> well, I, w- what I meant to say, I I, I should be clear, is that. They won't make them on Earth with Sigourney no, Weaver. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was, I yeah. was just, okay. I was just, you know, making a point okay. that uh, quickly. I, Alien versus Predator. Those movies, uh, having those right after Alien Resurrection. Again, th- these first four movies in my mind now are kind of like a, you know, uh, to me, a perfect representation of what a studio can do in terms of like giving these. Four unique directors, their own take on, you know, Alien, on the Xenomorph, and, you know, in this universe, right? I cannot tell you anything about what happens happens after that. (laughs) With Alien vs. Predator, with Requiem, I'll admit I'm not a huge fan of the Prometheus movies. I'm sorry. But, uh, Diego, do you want to touch on what happens after Resurrection with Alien vs. Predator and beyond? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Alien vs. Predator is a cheap cash grab attempt at picking up the pieces after Freddy vs. Jason became a box office hit. And I'm actually a fan of that movie, but it is kind of hard to ignore that. Um, there's a great script out there from like a first-time writer that ended up getting him a career in Hollywood uh, for AVP. He wrote it like in 93 or something like that. Ah. And then they they didn't use that, that script. Um, <laughs> Uh, they, they, Paul W. Sanderson got got his own thing going on, and it. I, I think it's a it's a fun time. I like both AVP movies actually, but like how we're calling like oh yeah the AV or Alien Resurrection is kind of like trashy, but like it's filmed like like a professional film, you know. Like it's, I think the AVP movies are late night, three a.m. on a Saturday during the <laughs> summer trash, and there's a merit to enjoying those. But I, that's really for like the hardcore fans. I think those aren't movies for like normal people <laughs> with lives. <laughs> They're for me. <laughs> you know? um, it's a step beyond. I would say per- yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, get some beer and nachos, and it's like, yeah, all right, that's okay. Uh, Prometheus and Covenant, I think, are Ridley Scott trying to hate fuck humanity into oblivion <laughs> where it's like here here is like this great story about like scientists trying to achieve like 
like the discovery of humanity's roots, and then when they go out to look for it, our creator smacks us down, and then everything after that is just space is a horrible nightmare, and whatever we go looking for will literally kill us. Like that's the message of those movies. Like on its, that's the message of those movies for dummies, right? Like that's the, the simplest, most boiled down version of those the message from those movies. But I like that because that's so in line with like aliens' cruelty. Um, I would say I do have a problem with like maybe Ridley Scott also having a little trouble committing to to a single narrative thread because now I guess. He's still working on a third and final installment. Yeah. But also might be tossing out the threads he set up from the yeah. previous two movies. So, like, Ridley, just don't listen to people. Just do what you want to do. That's what I want to say. Just don't don't rise to Skywalker it. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. That's advice we should all take. Don't rise of Skywalker oh, yeah. it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, last thoughts on Resurrection, Diego. Any last words on this? Anything we may have missed? Uh, this film might secretly be brilliant. Definitely not a masterpiece. Um, I, I would call it a great time, if not a great film. Um, kind of a, a further reading, I guess, of the franchise. All the franchise themes distilled into one single entry and delivered to us by the most insane French filmmaker <laughs> to ever come to America and make a Hollywood film. <laughs> oh God, that's perfect encapsulation of that. And Thank yeah, you. I mean, you've turned me around on it. Um, Woo! Again, before this, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but now after sitting down and just experiencing it here in September of 2020, I'm like, uh, it, it might be quarantine brain or it might be just I'm older and, and just smarter. Who knows? But for for whatever reason, I've turned around on it. I hope people, after listening to this and watching the movie, I hope they've, they've turned around on it, too, if, if they were negative. So, yeah, there you go. I, I hope we changed some minds today. Um, Diego, thank you for participating to Talk from Society Fest 2020. Before we go, plugs. Where can the people listening find you online? Well, thank you for having me again. You can find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter and check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Patreon, where I also have talked about the Alien franchise in full. You can listen to my thoughts when I didn't like Alien Resurrection. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll have to do something else for revisiting the, the ones I've been less kind on in the past because I, I, I got a lot to say. But thank you very much. This was fun. Um, best of luck to, to you and everyone else for the rest of Talk Film Fest. Oh, thank you, Diego. Um, I'll just say it's certainly been a fun time so far. I have a few more of these to record, but yeah, yours was uh, one of the ones where I was like, yeah, I'm worried about this pick. But <laughs> luckily, <laughs> it turned out to be a great uh, watch and a great talk. So thank you, Diego, again. I'm happy to help. 